You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you may want a company who's there when you need them who actually picks up the phone when you call. Well, that's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Welcome Into Tomorrow. Thank you for the weekend of Friday, November 5th, 2021. It is our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech. And, of course, we're born on the radio and raised by technology and wanting to say happy birthday to Erasmo. Happy birthday, Rosmo. Yeah, there you go. That's, we always like to celebrate our staff's birthdays in the given weeks of their birthday. And this, happy, this week was Rosmo. Happy birthday to another person who is lucky to have not been raised on technology. It was something I was talking to somebody about the other day. Is that we, oh. Somebody around my age. We're very happy that we grew up in the time before social media and smartphones. And while we love having them nowadays, we didn't miss our childhood. And we don't love having the anti-social media. It's just right. a, unfortunately part of life. But yes, but I, you know, I think you know, I'm part of the last great generation that grew up before technology just sort of took over our lives. I know. And you can imagine how I felt from the horse and buggy days yeah. and then coming into tech. Especially because they didn't have wheels yet. They didn't have, you know. Was, yeah, we, we, just, we used rocks. <laughs> yeah. And it was really a rough ride. Yeah. And then now I got a brand new car, which has got all kind of nice suspension and high-tech stuff in it. Yeah. Go figure. Hard to believe. Uh, Some tech news and commentary, and then back to your calls and addressing your issues. Don't forget to always check your spam filters frequently. You can do always and frequently, right? Same sentence. Sure. Always frequently. And to always frequently back up your important data. I don't think a show goes by where we don't remind folks about those two very important things. A lot of important stuff has ended up in spam filters lately. Like maybe your grandma's email or your friend and coworker or somebody that you haven't heard from in a while and you're wondering, gee, what happened to them? Well, maybe they're in your spam filter and you need to mark them as not spam. Maybe it's us. Well, if my grandma sent me an email, I'd have other issues. Well, that's true. That'd be different. Well, you don't know. Maybe heaven has Wi-Fi. Maybe. <laughs> we want if, to assume. If it's heaven, there is no Wi-Fi. Yeah, well, there's no internet true. and there's no Facebook. And <laughs> yeah, no anti-social media there yeah. either. Did I mention some tech news and commentary? Commercials on streaming video services bother 79% of U.S. adults in a recent morning consult survey, with 69% calling them too repetitive And 44% saying they come up too often. Smart TVs, which can control ad frequency, could present one solution to this problem. I'm just surprised that only 79% of U.S. adults are bothered by streaming video service commercials. And it's funny you say that because I've noticed something new recently on my Discovery Plus, which is one of the few services that I actually pay for and watch regularly. Every time I pause my show, there's a stupid pop-up ad for Subaru. And you you pay for this. Now, it's because I don't pay the extra $2 for no ads, but it doesn't say that when I'm not going to have an ad still if I pause my show. But but let me add, riddle me this. If you're pausing your show... 
Isn't it because you're distracted by something else? Maybe something on your phone. Wait a minute. Maybe you're going to the restroom. Maybe you're going to get popcorn. Do you care? Because you're is. not looking at but it. But here's why I care. Because it even says, you know, you know, unpause. No, I don't know, you know. Unpause to, to, to get rid of the ad. So I come back. Usually when I'm coming back, I'll just go, Alexa, play. So it starts playing again by the time I'm sitting down. Well, that starts playing my show again, but it's still got an overlay of a stupid Subaru ad over the screen until I actually hit the play button on the remote. Then oh, it clears geez. it away. Oh, so you can't use your I can't, alleged smart assistant. I can't use A-L-E-X-A to, to play the thing because the Yeah, because you don't want to say her name because people, if they have their radios near their device and we say something like alexa play into tomorrow with dave graveline now tell me if she did that'd be good Uh Uh, well then i'm so sorry what can I say? Yeah. So you're bothered. You're part of that 79%. I'm, but, I, but you know me. I'm bothered by anything anyway. That's true. <laughs> I, th- I think air bothers Chris. Yeah. Uh, McDonald's announced a new partnership with IBM last week to automate the drive through process using artificial intelligence. Oh, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. what and could uh, go it's, wrong? Got, it's got customers feeling anxious. The fast food giant began testing automated order taking at 10 locations in Chicago this summer. And while it was not generally popular among users there, it is going to the next phase of development. McDonald's has developed all of its automated order-taking technology, or AOT, so far through its MCD Tech Labs subsidiary. Well, last week it was announced that IBM had acquired MCD Tech Labs for the purpose of advancing McDonald's AOT on both customer-facing and employee-facing sides. So so basically then if, if IBM bought them, took it over, whatever, it's going to be Watson taking your order, saying, do you want fries with that? I guess so. <laughs> Uh, the merger will be completed in December, and there's no word yet on when AOT will go into wider use, but the press release indicates that the next phase of testing will take place in more areas around the U.S. Great. As if the kiosks aren't bad enough for a lot of people. Well, a lot of this, and again, we're not a political show, but a lot of this is because people aren't working, so they've got to turn to tech. Yeah. And they are. Kind of reminds me of many, many years ago. This was some of the coolest tech I thought back then. This was, I think, you know, when we first started the show, and we would call the local Pizza Hut to order a pizza. And they had, like, I think it was called Lisa or something. And it was like a voice recognition over the phone where we'd just call oh, in. Oh, yeah. And, and it would, you know, okay, tell me what you would like. And, you know, it was kind of cool. I would like a large pepperoni. Okay. Any other topping? Yeah, it was this very computerized female voice, but it yeah. was cool. Hmm. You, you're telling me you miss Lisa? I miss Lisa. <laughs> I see. That's what happens after you get divorced. Wearable electronics have been moving to uses beyond smartwatches and fitness trackers for some time now. Many believe that wearables must be relatively low cost, lightweight, and comfortable for all day wear. Have you been to a theme park lately that has been rolling out wearable devices for a more interactive user experience when visiting the parks? Now, of course, Disney World, who just never gets any more of my money because they're absurd, especially how much money they want to get from people. And, you know, they have fewer visitors now, Disneyland, Disney World. So what do they do? They raise the prices. Uh So the fewer people have to spend more money to get into the parks. Mm-hmm. But they've been doing those bracelet things. Magic bands. That's what they're called. Magic yes. bands. What's magic about them? I don't know. <laughs> it helps you ma- let you the, get in your room. The magic or? is they used to be free, and now they charge you for them. Oh, they charge for it? <laughs> yeah. See, that shows how fortunately little I've ever done with Disney because in the I last few years. Because you know, I used to have annual passes back when I was married, and we would go there regularly. I had boxes and boxes full of those magic bands at home. I had probably 100 of those magic bands in the closet. 
because every time you make a reservation, they would just send you a box of magic bands, one for each person. And hmm. now you got to pay for them. Wow. Do you get your money back after you've left the parks if you don't want to keep it? No. No, of course not. Because Disney wants all of your money. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Well, there you go. So, see, that's a wearable that have they've been doing for many years that is very limited, but at least has been somewhat helpful. Now, of course, it doesn't track your steps because they don't want you to know that you've had to walk 18 miles <laughs> around the park but today. It, but it still helps them know where you are at all times. Yeah, funny how that yeah. works. Um, speaking of wearables, Apple may be ready to expand on its popular fall detection with something much grander in scope, crash detection. I've crashed! <laughs> you mean that? Yeah. Oh. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, Apple may add this feature to the iPhone and the Apple Watch starting next year. People may set up the ability for the devices to automatically dial 911 when the system detects a crash. Oh. Now, this type of feature isn't new to the auto industry, but adding such a system to the iPhone would provide a far wider scope for people to take advantage of the technology. Similar to GM's OnStar, Apple's system would use sensors to measure spikes in G-forces suddenly and associate that with a car crash. Interesting. I mean, if it works the way it should... That's a good use of technology to help people. Of course, if it's in the center in the Apple Watch, how do they know it's a crash and not like you saying something stupid to your wife or girlfriend and having her slap you or something? True. That's, that's a sudden change in the G-Force. Or just she hits you, you or, or playing to the beat of a favorite song on the radio. Yeah. I mean, every time and you're the, tapping to the beat and all of a sudden yeah, I mean, every time your time watch calling songs come on and you have to do the drums, the drum solo. You there know? you go. Or currently uh, Bad Habits from... Uh, Ed Sheeran, yeah, right. He's the one yeah, doing something that. Yeah. yeah, that's. I don't know. It's just been one of my favorite songs. Oh, they don't like, play it on country radio, so I don't hear that. Oh, please. <laughs> There's your bad habit right there. But I like to, you know, smack my hand to the beat, whether it's on the steering wheel or the little palm rest. We all or, like to slap your smack your hand to the beat. Gaming will be the gateway to the metaverse, according to Activate CEO and co-founder Michael Wolf, who also predicts that tech companies acknowledging this growth are acquiring gaming assets much faster these days. Other trends that he highlights include audio and esports, which has a projected audience of more than 700 million users by 2025. So there's another buzzword we're hearing a lot of lately, the metaverse of all sorts of things. And, you know, you heard us here talking about metaverse on Into Tomorrow a while ago. And then there you go. Zuck names his parent company Meta for Facebook. And now everybody else is talking metaverse this and metaverse that. Oh, boy. Just something else we've got to get used to in this tech world. Mm-hmm. Home theater popularity is resurging due in part to advancements in consumer technology and the widespread availability of streaming media. Residential Systems says that innovations like Dolby Atmos audio systems, smart window treatments and screens that reject ambient light are transforming rooms into spaces primed for cinematic viewing experiences. So more and more people doing some home theater stuff. As well, you should. You should have a spot where the whole family can gather and watch a favorite new movie that came out or some TV shows or whatever and just immerse yourself in whatever that experience might be. And that's why I've got to buy a bigger house because you know, I'm in this you know, little townhouse. You know, it's not a little townhouse. townhouse. You've got well, two stories, four bedrooms, two three baths. But my living more than Mary, I have. But my living room area, I've got a 65-inch TV, and that's about as big as that wall will, will handle. So I need yeah. to buy a bigger house. 
so that I can get a bigger TV and have my home theater. So that's your justification. Plus, I need to be able to watch my these movies at full volume without my neighbors coming over to bang on my door saying, turn it down! Well, see, that's <laughs> a disadvantage. That's true. I fortunately live in a single-family home, so neighbors are separated. Yeah. So we don't have that issue. <laughs> Good luck on yeah. you getting a bigger house. Restaurants are testing robotic solutions to help staff kitchens as one way of dealing with labor shortage. Buffalo Wild Wings is testing a robotic solution described as, quote, the only robotic chicken wing frying solution designed from the ground up for high-volume restaurants, end quote. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> the robot called Flippy Wings. I oh love that name. Gosh. <laughs> Flippy Wings. Flippy Wings is from startup Miso Robotics. This is the same company that provided burger flipping robots to White Castle. Flippy Wings can fry up chicken wings and drop them into a hot holding area. This allows kitchen staff to cook more while spending less time attending to the deep fryer, according to Miso. The frying area is also made safer as the unit eliminates several hot touch points and drastically decreases oil spillage. Also, Miso said that it tests show a 10 to 20% overall increase in food production speeds when deploying the machine. Flippy Wings is currently installed in the company's test kitchen and will be deployed to one of their restaurants next year for further testing. Wow. Joe in Gladewater, Texas, listens on KTBB AM and FM. Hey, Joe. Hey, Dave. I sure do enjoy your show and learn something every week. I was wondering about my Apple Watch and the EKG that it takes. I'm wondering how accurate that thing can be. And also, is it better than the other smart watch or Fitbit type watches that measure your heart rate? Thanks a lot. And keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Joe, for the kind words as well. We'll do our best. Apple's EKG feature has FDA approval, and it's reasonably accurate for what it is. But it's not a replacement, of course, for a proper hospital or doctor's office EKG. There are two separate elements of the EKG feature. One, the watch will try to determine whether your heart is working normally or not. That's reasonably accurate, but not perfect. And two, the EKG wave will be saved to a PDF, which can be shared with a doctor. In studies, the PDF has been enough to determine that a patient is in atrial fibrillation 96% of the time. But on its own, it's not a replacement, again, for a doctor or anything like that. It's just a convenient tool that's always on your body, but is ultimately less accurate than specialized tools. You can tell I want to stress that. And as far as other smartwatches or Fitbits, Apple's EKG feature is not the same as the heart rate monitor. It doesn't just use the infrared sensor on your wrist, but it also takes a conductive reading from the crown on the side at the same time. The heart rate sensor itself is probably comparable to the rest of the heart rate sensors on the market. That technology is pretty mature and has existed in exercise watches that are far more serious than Fitbits for many years now. For the most part, everyone has a fairly reliable version of that figured out. Exactly. So you don't have to go with just an Apple Watch or just a Fitbit or that kind of thing for that information. But it's a good question, Joe, and and you can feel comfortable knowing that it is helping you and your doctor can get the information. And if it, hey, if it's accurate 96% of the time, of course, you don't want to be part of that 4% that keels over. Uh, but the fact is, it can be helpful information. And even my uh, Galaxy smartwatch right now, I can push a little button. Oh, my heart rate is 80 beats per minute. I'm excited about doing the show. 
And what is yours now? I'm trying to find it. Uh, you're trying to find oh, your heart? Uh, 87. 87. 87. Beats per minute. Well, yes. see, at just at the glance of our smartwatches, you get that information. I must be extra mellow. Well, it's because it's, it's, it's relaxing doing this show. Yep. <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> you want to see how relaxing it is? Visit us. Oh, and check out all the videos, including Chris's twiff, This Week in Tech History. They're all there for you at intotomorrow.com. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Call 800-970-8405. That's 800-970-8405. This is Cameron Graveline. I bet that you have a question about anything involving consumer tech. Or maybe you want to help another one of our listeners with your experience with a similar problem. Call me anytime at 800-899-INTO. Yeah, so don't forget, you're going to call Cam at 800-899-INTO. And if he's not available because he might be in school or something, we'll be sure to answer your tech question. Or there's two other cool, fun ways to participate. What might they be? You could use the free Into Tomorrow app. There's a message to studio button there that will send a question or comment right to us. Mm-hmm. Or you can stop by our site and click that Ask Dave button on anything with a browser and a microphone, and that's at intotomorrow.com. Oh, very good. So, see, it's very easy to participate. So we want to hear you on the air, and when we do, automatically you win goodies. So do participate anytime. Call in, win stuff, as you hear Cam saying quite frequently. Call in, win stuff. Thank you. Oh, I forgot the thank you part, but he's right. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by Dexcom, the only continuous glucose monitor FDA permitted for kids ages two years and up. Visit dexcom.com. Stay tuned in just a few minutes for the discussion with Justina Nixon, the VP and Global Head of Corporate Responsibility with IBM. They're helping to link public education with the world of jobs with free curricula and coaching to students with its Skills Build program. Yeah, some pretty fascinating stuff. You don't want to miss that. It's time for our history major. IFA is one of the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With this week's look back at IFA's historic Here's Chris Graveline. <laughs> the first professional studio tape recorder came to the market in the U.S. in 1948 with the Ampex 200. Dave Graveline had one in his studio when he started in 1948. Um, two years later in Germany. Not <laughs> even nice. Uh, two years later in Germany, Grundig and AEG began producing the first tape recorders for home use. At the Funkausstellung in 1953, Grundig showed an open reel tape recorder with six inch reels and reverse operation. Nerd alert! Ten years later, the end had come for the complicated open reel recorders as the compact cassette offered easy operation with a tiny cassette housing the tape. Both technologies were introduced at IFA. Affirmative. That's this week's IFA update brought to you by Messe Berlin. Be sure to visit ifa-berlin.com. 
Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. And while you're visiting ifa-berlin.com, where we also plan to be next September, know that it is open to the public. And you, too, can join us. If you do, and you come to our broadcast booth, which is typically located at IFA Next, with a lot of cool startup companies, new ideas, innovative things, and you mention Into Tomorrow, we'll provide you with a free, refreshing beverage. If you're old enough, and in Germany it's 16, right? We'll give you a beer even. We're in Germany. 16 for beer, 18 for other stuff, I believe. Well, we don't have other stuff, but we have beer (laughs) and soft drinks and other goodies. Visit us at intotomorrow.com in the meantime. Attention. Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call 800-683-9499. 800-683-9499. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. During our 26th year, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech, products and services, gadgets and gizmos, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. We're even more delighted when you call in and participate on the program because you make the show. Your involvement, your participation, your questions, your help for other listeners, whatever the case. And, of course, you can do it anytime, 24-7 at your convenience. Easiest way is still the best, the old-fashioned way. Call us anytime. Toll-free from anywhere in North America, 800-899-INTO. 1-800-899-4686. The U.S. is enmeshed in an historic labor shortage, which is, of course, even more acute in tech-related jobs, regardless of industry. One company is helping to link public education with the world of jobs, offering free curricula and coaching to students and aspiring professionals. The vice president and global head of corporate social responsibility with IBM is Justina Nixon. Justina, welcome back into tomorrow. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Remind our audience, uh, as your title of, of corporate social responsibility and that sort of thing, what is that unit of IBM? And then let's get into specifically what you're doing these days. Yeah, so corporate social responsibility at IBM is how we use our talent, our technology, and our financial resources to really have a positive impact on society. And we do it with education and skills which I'll be talking to uh, today, and also in the sustainability space as well. 
Got you. So when we get into, we talked earlier in your introduction, of course, about uh, you know tech-related jobs especially being a problem. What does the jobs landscape look like for employers and students and prospective employees, for that matter? Yeah, so there's clearly a workplace skills mismatch, right? So we look at the widening skills gap, especially in the technology fields, and we see that there are a, um, a lack of qualified professionals to take advantage of these unfulfilled jobs. Um, You have, for example, in the cybersecurity space, there are around 500,000 unfilled jobs that are available. So especially when you think about tech careers, STEM-related careers, there continues to be this widening skills gap. And then when you look at prospective employees, there is a significant skills shortage, especially in, in communities where I believe there's a lot of untapped talent, especially communities that are underrepresented and under-resourced. So you have prospective employees who don't necessarily have access to many of the free or low-cost opportunities that um, companies offer for them to gain career readiness skills. So definitely, again, significant mismatch between the two. And of course, with that many job openings, there's no excuse for anyone who says, I, I can't find any work. Nonsense. He's not looking, right? Yeah, well, you need the skills, right? So it's an it's a opportunity for people who want to get the right skills for the right job, right? IBM coined this term new collar jobs um, years ago, which is really around ensuring everyone, regardless of background or education, has multiple pathways and options for acquiring the skills they need for jobs and careers. So this is really around how do you access some of these free resources and make sure you have the right skills and the credentials, and then you'll have an opportunity at some of these open jobs. So what are some of the ways then that schools and companies, for that matter, too, can help address these issues together? Because clearly it does take working together to make it happen. It does. It does. And, you know, companies have to work with schools, you know, high schools, community colleges, and make sure that they are providing them with real life career pathways. Right. They need students need practical training, and they need to um, have access to real portfolio building projects. They need to have access to mentorships, and they have to have access to um, digital and in-person job fairs. And no one entity can do this alone. Companies have to work with other companies. They have to work with the public sector. They have to partner with nonprofit organizations as well, because this is a big issue that just one one uh, individual entity just can't do it alone. They need those partnerships to make this work. And there, of course, is where IBM comes in handy because you guys are helping the learners and the businesses. Yes, we are. So, you know, we just uh, announced a commitment to skill 30 million people by 2030. And wow. we are very focused on how do we make sure we are able to target the right populations, again, on tap talent, make sure they know that these resources are available to them and move them onto a pathway of meaningful employment. And this is only going to help small, medium, and large businesses. It's going to help nonprofit organizations. It's going to help education. So we are, you know, supporting um, and having societal impact across the board with the education space, but also in the business space as well. 
And, of course, these these things do show a lot of promise, but I'm wondering why do these new approaches do things differently than in the past? Do you think it's because of, of the pandemic? Does that play a role in this case? Is it because of, of other shortages that suddenly now there's a better way to do things? Well, I think that these new approaches are providing more customized training, right? And companies that are on the leading edge of technology They understand what skills are needed. They understand what training and credentials are needed, and they're willing to invest in that and make sure they're able to train people and hire people with these skills. So I think, again, companies that understand technology very well, understand those skill sets, they're investing more in making sure they're not leaving swaths of the population behind. But then there's the customized partnership with nonprofit organizations on the ground who understand how to benefit their communities and understand how to reach people in their communities that need these kinds of training and need these kinds of support. And then the last thing I would say here is there, there is much more of a focus on employment skills than before, on practical employment skills. I think in the past, there was such a push on hard tech skills, and that's needed. That's definitely needed, and that's table stakes. But now for you to be successful you know, in any corporate environment, you need those softer skills, you need the communication skills, the uh, presentation skills. So there's also a focus on that to make sure that people we're rich and can be successful in the workplace. Ah, uh, got it. I'm liking your website, too, that uh, skillsbuild.org. One of the things you discuss is to explore the world of tech and find your passion. And that seems to be a really helpful thing for students, especially in general, to be able to say, well, that's a good point. I'm not really sure what my passion is. So how do you help folks find their passion, especially in this world of tech? Yeah. So, you know, they can go to skillsbuild.org and explore, right? And especially for high school students, we focus on so many new technologies, but also technologies that are coming, right, that are not commonplace today, like quantum. So they get a, an opportunity to be exposed to a lot of different tech and a lot of different STEM careers. And we provide mentorship and exposure to uh, workplace careers as well. So it's a great way for them to really explore different tech fields and to also understand what types of skills they would need to be successful in many of these jobs. So skillsbuild.org is the place that they can go and explore. And again, we provide mentorship and other exposure to them um, that can really help them develop those skills. And on your site, you talk about getting on the road to a tech career you'll love. And there are so many opportunities for so many people. And obviously, we cover tech. You're involved with tech. I mean, it's the kind of thing that we're always encouraging people. I think you and I both and and our companies and what we do. And I think it's important for folks to know there are so many opportunities. And there's bound to be several that you will love. And don't be afraid to explore a little bit and look into it. Absolutely. I mean, SkillsBuild offers over a thousand free courses, right? So you're looking at data analytics, cybersecurity is the number one access content on the site, Uh and you have artificial intelligence, blockchain. So there are so many things that people can explore. And the tech field right now is very exciting. Um, You know, there are innovations happening every day. There are changes, technology is evolving. So for anyone who just wants to be a lifelong learner, that's the place to go as well. So you could learn a lot of different um, technologies, a lot of, you know, gain a lot of different skills. And you can also, you know, earn a badge, an IBM branded badge that can help you when you're applying for a job. 
And Justina, what can our audience do to perhaps maybe encourage community organizations and for that matter, policymakers to help? I think they want to share the, the best thing for the audience to do is to share these types of opportunities with nonprofit organizations in their community with um, their school district leaders, you know, superintendent, principals, um, and other uh, people in the district that focus on STEM and bringing interesting content into schools and into the district. So as much as they can share these types of opportunities in their community, with community leaders, with their school leaders, I think this is a great way for students to get exposed to this new and interesting content. Again, the website is skillsbuild.com. Dot org. We'll get you there when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. Justina Nixon, Vice President and Global Head of Corporate Social Responsibility for IBM. You are always a delight to chat with. Thank you so much for spending another few minutes with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Again, Justina with IBM. Visit skillsbuild.org for lots more. And intotomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned. Lots more to come right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at Blueberry.com. It's like a blueberry without the E's. So B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Let's start this segment off with another Into Tomorrow tech tidbit for you. You can share at the water cooler or just around the family dinner table. There are now more people with smartphones in the world than working toilets. Okay. Maybe you don't want to share that at dinner around the table. But (laughs) an interesting fact of a tech nature, nonetheless. Welcome back Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And this portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. If you want to become a podcaster, you'll soon discover the options can be a bit overwhelming. Blueberry makes it easy. Visit blubrry.com. Ed in Wilmington, Delaware, listens on Delaware's news radio, WDEL. Ed, welcome Into Tomorrow. I'm the 74-year-old retiree, and I'm not real tech person. I'd like to know the difference between a smart TV and the normal TV I have before I buy one. Well, I think, Ed, that's a pretty good question. Uh, Smart TV is a TV that has built-in access to some internet services. The most prominent things are things like Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, but certainly the list varies a lot with many TVs, including services like Pandora or Spotify and others that might include a full Roku stick, which allows users to download new services as you need them. Now, the reality of smart TVs is that 99% of the time you won't use the smart features, and instead you'll get a third-party, much better streaming stick or set-top box instead. Smart TVs with proprietary software are usually clunky and rarely updated, so don't pay too much attention to the smart features. Odds are that you'll want to upgrade to something more usable anyway. 
The exception are TVs that come with a third-party stick already built in, like a Roku stick permanently installed. Those may be worth using. Um, if it's a proprietary system from the manufacturer, though, it's probably not worth giving it too much thought. Yeah, unless it's a major manufacturer. If it's a, a company you've heard of, if it's a Samsung, if it's a, uh, a Sony, if it's a, a Vizio, those kinds of things that are very popular and have very popular smart TVs, keep in mind, Ed, that they allow you to have the TV connect to the Internet. If you like to watch YouTube videos, if you have Wi-Fi built in already at your house, then you'd be using the Wi-Fi on the TV to serve up those kinds of things, which would make it very interesting and fun for you. And if you're shopping for a smart TV and you're already using some of these streaming services, make sure that those streaming services have apps available on the TV. Yeah. You had a problem recently with, not really a problem, but with the Vizio TV in your living room, you have HBO Max. Well, until recently, they didn't have an HBO Max app for Vizio. So I had to use a Fire Stick. a Fire Stick, which, which again, that kind of negates the smart TV aspect anyway, because then you're using everything on the Fire Stick. Right. But they were smart enough, as should all the manufacturers be, to then provide those apps. And, of course, you've got to sign in to your service like you would anyway, but then you're done, and it's there. And then you can just go right to HBO Max in that example and start watching the goodies. Um, but if the, if the company is very slow at adding those kind of features, typically like a Sony, forget LG, they, they, don't, they have their head up their um, TVs, yeah, uh, and they're not paying attention really. But for the most part, any other major manufacturer might be slow in updating, but they typically eventually will. So I hope we've answered your question, Ed, and others that have similar concerns. Uh, get a smart TV because you're future proofing if you use some of the features that it'll come with. Yeah. All right, there you go. When you participate like Ed did and we get to hear you on the show, you do win some fabulous prizes. And we do always say, because we've got to get the legal stuff out of the way, no promises, no guarantees. But mention a couple of these items. We'll do our best to get one or more of them to you. We've got Bluetooth audio sunglasses from WGP Glasses. Diesel has provided true wireless earbuds which with touch control. From Killer Concepts, we've got Piggy Pro Phone Stands. I love the name of this product. Yeah. Um, these are razor-thin stands that stick to the back of any phone, and it has a little mirror on the back if you, uh, you know, like so to, you can get to the look at yourself. The spinach out of your teeth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Pet Peanut, this is a fun new way to manage your tech rays. You've got some of them. And from Sylvania, we've got some Smart Plus Wi-Fi light bulbs, so you can control your lights with any mobile device. There you go. And you see, all you need to do is participate. Now he's going to tell you how easy it is to do just that anytime, 24-7, at your convenience. You could uh, do the old-fashioned way and call 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. You could use the free Into Tomorrow apps, or you can click that Ask Dave button on our site at intotomorrow.com. my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks on site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way. We'll help you instantly. Call 855-399-9886. That's 855-399-9886. Well, 
Once again, happy birthday to Erasmo on our team this week. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available where you live or work. Text RADIO to 35000 to get more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. And let's go to Austin, Texas. Hello, Mitzi. Welcome Into Tomorrow. Does Robo Bat clean carpet and tile floors? Well, Mitzi, it does. Uh, we, we're pretty sure that you mean RoboRock, uh, which is a robotic vacuum. The Max models, like the S6 Max 5 or Max V that was part of our summer giveaway, do a better job on carpet. So you may want to consider one of those models if you have a lot of carpeting. For your tile floors, there's also a smart mopping ad on that that can help keep those floors clean for you. Yeah, we have read reports of issues with dark carpeting and the navigation system confusing the edges for drops. But as long as you don't have very dark carpets, you should be able to use a Roborock vacuum cleaner to do both. Uh, in case you weren't specifically asking about the robotic models, Roborock also makes handheld vacuums, and those can also do both tile and carpet. Yeah, there you go. So there's a, a bunch of options, but it is a lot more fun to have a robotic vacuum, whether it's Roborock or Roomba or any number of others. There's a whole bunch now on the market that just run around your house and vacuum and clean. Especially the Roborock one that you have that's got the cameras built in because you're yeah. already bringing the app up and just watching the the view of the vacuum as it's going around your house. Yeah, because it's from the ro- the robotic vacuum eye view. Yeah, and my, and my favorite thing is I've got one of those Roborocks, too, and I've, I was sitting on the couch last weekend, and I noticed a little uh, dirt or something on the ground over there, and rather than getting up and getting a, like a, a, a rag to just wipe it, I go into remote control mode on my Roborock, and I'm backing it away from the... The, the dock, the and I'm, station, and I'm yeah. steering it over to where the dirt is, and then I tell it spot clean, and it cleaned up my little dirt, so it makes me more lazy. How did the little <laughs> dirt get there? Probably when I was walking in from outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was that kind of dirt, but it picked it up. It picked it up. It cleaned it up, and you didn't have to and say, clean the whole house or clean the whole living right. room. And before the time of the Roborock, I'd have to go to the kitchen and get my little vacuum battery vacuum. And, no. But now I don't have to get up. It's great. Wow. You gotta love technology. That's why we're your gas X for tech. Visit us anytime and mark us, if you will, as a bookmark, right? Intotomorrow.com. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app for your iPhone, Android, and Netbooks. Available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Into Tomorrow.